Goose House. All right, so Athlon Sports is the first of any company to put out their preseason all Big 12 football team with a couple Cougs on the roster, but a couple Cougs seem to be missing. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Cougars, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way, latest on the Cougs on your newsfeed each, each and every day. We appreciate you making Lockdown Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. It is good to see you again today every day. We had some fun talking about the Cougar baseball program yesterday, and then the game did not go as planned, but... It's okay. It's a double elimination tournament. We talked all about that in the episode yesterday with Jeremy Brenham. Uh, so make sure to check that out. We got more stuff to talk about this week as far as basketball and football and offseason kind of stuff going on with them and transfers and ins and outs and all of those things. But today, I want to spend some time talking about uh, the Athlon All Big 12 preseason team. Uh, is our first season in the Big 12. And that is exciting news. Now, I will say, before we get too far ahead here, remember, every 12, every 250 subscribers, we're giving away a locked-on hat, just like the one I've got on here. It's got the Cougar Paw on the front, locked on the side. It's a Nike Drive Fit hat. Um, every 200, at 250 subscribers, we're giving that away. So at 1250, that is going to someone that's liking, commenting on the video. So subscribe, make sure we get there. Like and comment to make sure that you're in the contest. If you're done talking about preseason awards after this episode. Tell us if you think a muffin is a cupcake. All right, so today's episode we're going to talk about first, who made the team? Because I think it's worth celebrating those gentlemen that did make the team. We had a handful of Cougars on the team for our first year in a loaded conference, and it's rather impressive. The second, I want to look at one position group that I think is getting snubbed as a whole, as several guys I would have thought would have been on this team, and only one from that position group is. And then in the third segment, I want to look at other guys that are from different position groups that also I would have thought made the team. Now, let's first talk about Athlon Sports and who did make the team. Athlon Sports put out their 2023 All-Big 12 teams. Um, and I first should point out that like UT Austin had 20 selections. Uh, TCU, Kansas, and Oklahoma State, um, or sorry, in Kansas State all had over 10 as well. Houston had five. And so like I think it's worth pointing out, like, for our first year in the conference, you know, at, these people are not familiar with a whole lot of Houston guys. Uh, the Athlon Sports Big 12 guys maybe, like, are still trying to figure things out. And they might not have seen, like, the they might just be looking at stats, right? Um, but the guys that did make the team were on the first team. You had Matthew Golden. Uh, Matthew Golden should be the number one receiver this fall for Houston. He is the first team, or on the first team. I think he's one of just a few receivers uh, honored as such in the conference. There are just three on there. Uh, Matthew Golden and Xavier Worthy from Texas and then Brennan Wesley from Oklahoma State. Matthew Golden had 38 catches and 56 targets last year for 584 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, he set several receiving records for freshmen. I don't need to go through the laundry list. got a whole lot of stuff to talk about. But it is worth pointing out that that's what he got as a third, maybe even fourth option last year. He couldn't want to kind of work into more consistent snaps as a true freshman last season. And in his sophomore season, we've seen what Dale Horgerson can do when he has a solid singular receiving threat and how he can manipulate defenses and get that guy the rock. I imagine what you see with Matthew Golden this season 
in the upcoming season. And I imagine that's why he gets the all first team nod. Uh, Patrick Paul, who I have maintained since this podcast started many moons ago at this point, uh, is on the second team. He's a pro, right? I maintain he's a pro at 67315. Uh, pro football focus, which you know gives percentages on guys that do their job or are in the right place at the right time, 90 or uh, whatever percentage of the time. Patrick Paul earned a 91.1% grade in pass protection, meaning that he, per pro football folks analytics, was in the right place at the right time doing the right thing 91.9% of the time. Uh, again, that's pro level caliber stuff from our six foot seven, 315 pound left tackle. Gave it just one sack, three hits, and 14 total hurries. Uh, played 900 snaps at left tackle for a left tackle that has to do a lot of bending and curving and like all kinds of athletic things out there in the perimeter of the offensive line. That's really, really impressive durability. Uh, on the third team that Athlon Sports put out, Nelson Caesar came in on at the deep, representing the defensive line. He's a 6'3", 250-pound pass rusher. He had a 78.1 on the same pro football focus ranking uh, ratings in pass rushing last year. That means he was doing the right thing, getting to the right spots, and beating his guys 78.1% of the time in pass rushing situations. Four sacks, seven hurries, and 48 pressures. Uh, last year, with a deep defensive line, he played 729 snaps, right? Remember, like, first part of the season, Derek Parrish on that line. He went pro. DeAnthony Jones went pro. Um, right? That was a stacked defensive line, and he still got 729 total snaps and got all of those stats in said snaps. Um, I think his most famous play, though, from last season is obviously going to be the big scoop and score that ended and kind of put the nail in the coffin in the Rice game because I was getting a little sketchy, a little touch and go there down the stretch. He gets honored with the nod here. He's got a great game. I love his bend. Uh, if you're watching defense line, watch defense line tape. His shin angles and his bend are really, really impressive for you sickos and film junkies out there. Uh, Adari A.J. Halsey, a new guy to the conference, um, comes in. At uh, also on the third team for Houston, he's a six foot, two hundred fifteen pound defensive back. He had an eighty six point two grade in pass coverage for per pro, uh, per, pro per pro football focus. That's hard to say, um, but that means eighty six point six percent of the time he is doing everything in the right place and making the right plays. And pass coverage is really, really high. I forgot it was a freshman season ago. He had sixty eight tackles and was targeted just twenty three times. That math only math when you're also helping out across the field on other plays um, in just being targeted 23 times. He had two picks uh, and only allowed three touchdowns. Those are really, really good ratios. If you're into those kinds of things, um, big, big time uh, transfer recruit coming in and he gets the nod because of it. He was a highly coveted recruit coming back to the city of Houston uh, to represent the U of H. Uh, and on the fourth team, Jack Freeman, the fourth, uh, I, Maybe they gave him the fourth team because he is the fourth as opposed to the third team or something like that. We'll see. But Pro Football Focus also had him at a 76.8% in pass pro and a 71.6% on run. That means in both categories, he was doing very, very well. I mean, the right place, the right time, doing the right thing on pass and run plays. He gave up just two sacks and 14 hurries last season. But perhaps the most impressive stat from Jack Freeman, the thing that might honestly have landed him on this team in and of itself in his sixth year of eligibility next season, is he played 935 snaps, all of which were at center. Mr. Consistency, Mr. Durability. That was the most snaps of anyone on the offense last season. Even Tank Dell, even Clayton Toon. That was the most snaps of any player 
on the Houston offense last season from one Jack Freeman playing one of the more physical positions on the football field. So they obviously saw that and awarded that with a fourth team nod. So again, five different guys across the four different teams, uh, three offense, two defense. That's really, really good for the Cougars as they move into the Big 12. Frankly, that means that of these spots, I mean, people see Houston as a team that already present tense has big 12 caliber talent, right? Matthew Golden being one of the three best receivers in the big 12 next season is what people are seeing as they look at this, right? That's not just me talking as a Homer. That's not just you listening as a Homer. That is what people that analyze the whole conference see coming in from Houston. Patrick Paul being on the second team offensive line means people think of him as one of the 10 best linemen coming into the conference. And frankly, when this differentiates center versus the rest of the offensive line, he's really one of the four or one of the eight best non-centers coming in. That I think is worth pointing out as well because the center spot is kind of unique in the way they treat it. It's got its own, the way they label it was center and then four linemen, center and then four linemen. Um, Jack Freeman was worth then They head down to the fourth best center in the 14 team conference for next season. These are all positive things. You think about like Sack Avenue, whatever, Nelson Caesar representing Sac Avenue on the third team all defense is impressive. When you look at like on these defensive lines, they have um, all their positions, pass rushing specialists, run stoppers, nose tackles, run plug guys, all those different things. A lot of people competing for just a handful of spots. Nelson Caesar is on third team. And then AJ Halsey, I mean, coming in here and making the third team having not played a power five football snap and frankly, having just got to Houston a few months ago at this point is really, really impressive in and of itself. A good, good showing, but not the best showing it could have been. I maintain, and I think that Houston probably could have had a handful more people, including at least one or two more people from a specific position group that I do think got left out a little bit. And I want to talk to you more about that in a moment. But first, let's talk about our buddies at Bird Dog. Now, Bird Dogs are like crazy comfortable and they look great while you're being active in them. You can wear them to work, on a date, to the gym. Uh, shorts go in the, I guess you wear pants in the pool if they really want to. They got the perfect material with all the stretch and give of athleticism, but they also have this water resistant material. So it like you can wear, again, wear in the pool or if you're sweating at the gym or whatever, um, they look great, and for, you can wear them in formal events as well. Perfect pants and shorts for all occasions. Um, I, you know, teaching, it's the summertime, it's hot. I've been wearing them, my long pants, to work, uh, to teach, I teach and coach during the day these days. I got a pair of shorts to coach in the afternoons as well. We're getting ready for summer workouts and football, all those kinds of things. And I'm telling you, you need them as well. Plus, if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, when you enter uh, that code promo, uh, the promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. Now, as we wrap up the school year, mine has iced coffee in it. But as we head into summer, you can put whatever you want in yours. Go to birddogs.com. Use code locked on college today. All right. So I mentioned that there's a position group getting kind of left out to say the least. Now, I will say that I have some reasons at the end of the segment why I think that might be. Um, but bluntly, we've talked before, and I mentioned the everydayers nodding already because it was two months ago at this point. But Houston's got a real chance to put their name on the map 
in the South as wide receiver you. They've got a, a great wide receiver room. And I maintain, while it is headlined by Matthew Golden, which Athlon Sports was able to recognize, they've got what might be the best wide receiver room in the Big 12. Um, for starters, you bring back Matthew Golden and Sam Brown. Sam Brown is six foot two, 195 pounds. And last season, as a third and fourth, and with Keyshawn Carter, you might argue he was in a fifth option, he had 41 catches and 57 targets and four touchdowns on 470 yards. That's an impressive campaign last year from Sam Brown, even though it was marred by things like when he, you know, slapped the Tulsa guy after the game in the face. Maybe, maybe that's why he didn't make it. I also think it's worth pointing out we're bringing back Joseph Manjack. Joseph Manjack, the fourth, missed a lot of last season, played just five games, counting the bowl game. Uh, in those five games, he had 15 catches on 19 targets with the huge touchdown against UTSA and 158 total yards. This guy's 6'3", 205, big, strong-bodied guy. I think he's easy to forget about because he played so little last season. But, man, he's an important football player to this team, and his versatility as a blocker with a big body and a pass catch is really, really important. I feel like we might be looking back at the end of the season as he, with him being one of the more important guys. Um, and if it's not him in that big body dual threat role, I think the new guy, Joshua Cobbs, coming in from Wyoming, he's 6'4", 205, and in the stagnant, run-heavy Wyoming offense, he had 35 catches on 68 targets with two touchdowns and 407 yards. That's an impressive stat line when you break down like, what they were doing at Wyoming much like Halsey comes in and ought to make immediate impact on the defensive backfield. Uh, I think Joshua Cobbs could make an immediate impact on the offensive perimeters as a big blocking receiver type body, because that's what he did Wyoming and jump ball threat, right? He and Manjack both can catch that jump ball over the linebackers, or if you get them isolated on linebacker, they have a little more speed than typical linebacker. Um, I think they both are great, great matchups. If you can get a team out of their nickel packages, to you know, run away from those heavier type bodies because you've got to put a bigger body on them for run game type stuff. So I, I think they both one of them is going to have a big year, if not both. And then last but not least, I mean, Stephon Boogie Johnson is called Boogie Johnson for a reason. The transfer from Oklahoma State is 6'2", 185. Um, again, he's from Oklahoma State. He knows the Big 12, and the Big 12 knows him. Last season, he was a young guy at Oklahoma State, didn't get to play a whole lot, had 37 targets and 18 catches for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns in nine games. But that was highlighted by an 84-yard touchdown against Wisconsin in their bowl game. And I have to, have to, have to, have to say that if that's your last impression from Oklahoma State, People in the Big 12 saw it, and the fact that he doesn't get any love as even a fourteen type guy coming to an offense like Dana Holgerson's where the ball is slung all over the field is a little interesting. And I wonder if that's for a couple different reasons. Um, the first reason, I think that the only receiver in the entire list here, even though I think I think many receivers could have made this uh, all Big 12 uh, one through four team list, and Matthew Golden's the only one he made first team, which I would argue is the right pick, obviously. Um, but I wonder if there's almost too many receivers. It's going to be the kind of thing where, like, too many guys eat and there isn't enough food in the kitchen, right? Um, we just mentioned, what, like five or six pass catchers over the course of this episode. We have not yet mentioned Jacoby Banks. is a four-star freshman coming in. Mikhail Harrison-Pilot is the highest, one of the highest-ranked recruits to ever come to U of H for football. Also coming in, those guys will be route runners. Those guys will be on the field as freshmen as well. That's a lot of dudes running routes. That's a lot of dudes catching footballs. And it's almost like the people voting 
didn't know who's going to be second or third in catches because there's just so many options and bodies. And frankly, the positive person, I mean, I think that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing for Houston because that means there's a bunch of different options. If the writers can't figure it out, I'd imagine the defenses at least have questions as well. The pessimist in me makes me think that coming in the new conference, people might not be doing their homework on like who some of these guys are. Um, it's hard to look at Houston and not notice Matthew Golden. <laughs> You'd have to watch some tape to understand that Sam Brown's going to turn, turn that 41 catch and 57 targets into more like 70, 75 targets potentially, right? Um, Manjack played just five games. You couldn't watch like the Kansas game and watch Joseph Manjack because he wasn't out there in said Kansas game, right? Like those kinds of things have to matter too, I guess. Um, I wonder if that all has something to do with it. I also think it's worth pointing out that Houston, the big notable hire on the offensive staff, obviously Shannon Dawson departed for Miami and we weren't too upset about it, but the big hire was a run minded offensive line coach in Amanya Gavi. And he comes from Tulane. They had a talented, talented run game there. Obviously Tajay Spears and all that kind of stuff. Are people looking at that as an indicator where, yeah, we know what Dana does and Matthew Golden is great but they're not going to have enough passes thrown to get these other guys to rock because of the new run focused, right? Offense. I, I hesitate to think they're going to change how often they run the ball. I feel that's more going to be like how they decide to run the ball counters instead of zones or zones. Those kinds of decisions may be changed, but I could feel a national writer might not pick that up from Athlon. And then the last, but certainly not least decision I think that went into this is that, Houston, notably, has a quarterback battle happening. We didn't get to see a spring game, so we didn't get to see what Lucas Coley uh, transfer uh, as of a year ago, almost two years ago at this point, from Arkansas. Um, no, I guess a year ago. This from Arkansas. We didn't get to see him play in a spring game and get any real snaps last season. Uh, and then transfer in January, Donovan Smith from Texas Tech, while he's familiar with Big 12 folks, has a tendency to turn the ball over some, but also... Big 12 folks might not know if he's going to start because he is in a battle with Lucas Coley. Now, we're going to cover that all offseason and talk more about that. But as far as this episode goes, talking about why so many receivers got snubbed from the preseason all-conference team by Athlon, I feel like the fact that we haven't made a decision there may kind of be shaping this because, you know, the old folklore is if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. That could be very well what's going on. Also, for what it's worth, both guys like to run the football as quarterbacks. And that goes back to the potential scheme changes happening. Um, I think a Dana system is in Dana system. And when it comes down to it, if he's got to get a guy to rock and, you know, get a guy open, he will. Um, but I also watch a lot more of Dana Hogan's football than I think the normal national writer might. Right. And so I, I guess that that's the case. I, I think that it's interesting though, that one of the most talented groups I see Houston having had just one guy on it. And the position group that I think people are most worried about as Houston elevates its play into the Big 12, the offensive line, had two guys on these four teams for what it's worth, right? I think, A, that means we should all cool our jets a little bit, right? I, I do think finding that fifth starter is going to be interesting calculus, but maybe we should cool our jets. But we have two guys that are as good as anyone gets in the conference in Patrick Paul and Jack Freeman. Other people are noticing it, too. Right. That's not just me telling you to calm down. Other people notice it, too. Um, other people also notice that some other non-receivers were left off this list. And I think there's a couple guys worth mentioning as 
potential snubs. So I want to get into them in the third segment. So let's get into them. I guess that's right now. Um, the first guy, and this takes having watched a lot of Houston Cougar football last year, right? Um, I think Stacy Sneed and or Brandon Campbell got left off this list. I personally think I would have put Stacy Sneed on this list somewhere um, because, well, he had just 76 carries last season because he kind of became the de facto starter late in the year after uh, all McCaskill was injured in the spring of 22, and then Tajon Henry was hurt uh, earlier in the football season itself, and then Brandon Campbell had some fumbling issues or whatever. By fumbling issues, I guess I mean like two, but you feel me. Um, Stacy Sneed had... 76 carries for 500 yards and five touchdowns. I think his running style, if you watch what he plays, fits very, very well with what Nyagavi is trying to do up front. So I see that as a positive for him and something for him going up. I also see him as the guy that, as I look at the roster right now, probably comes in competing for, if not starting in day one. Um, obviously, he's going to be competing some with Brandon Campbell. And then the freshman, I'm telling you, is going to play some, showing up a kid named Parker Jenkins, local kid too, so it's nice to see, but he's a great four-star running back, folks. Um, I also think that there was this like, hole left after all McCaskill left for Colorado. And so people may have left Stacey Sneed out of this or the entire Houston running back room out of this because it's going to function as a room. It's going to be a, a group, a collective of people running back by committee. Um, also, we mentioned the quarterback battle, with two quarterbacks that like to run the football, they could be, uh, what's the fancy football term, vulturing? They could be vulturing some of those touchdowns and stats from a guy like Sneed or a guy like Campbell or a guy like Jenkins. And so, you know, I could see why they might leave him off. But I think Stacey's going to have a year where he is one of the, what is, how many running backs they're putting on? So two running backs, three running backs a team. So I think he's going to be one of the 12 best running backs in in uh, the Big 12 next season. Um, I am fairly firm in, in saying that. I guess there are 14 teams in the Big 12, so it, that's not quite the starter on every team. But I I think he'll be one of the 12 best or whoever these like de facto starter is will be one of the 12 best. I, could, I should say, because if he's not, then someone beats him out and they must be. And yeah, da, 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 da. anyway. Um, so I think Stacy Sneed would be the guy um, on the defensive line. We saw Nelson Caesar represent sec Avenue. And that's awesome. Um, I think while he did not play a whole lot of snaps last season, Jamari Caldwell is going to have a big time year. He play, played just 244 snaps, but he's six one. 325, that is Big 12 size as an interior defensive lineman in every sense of the word. I mean, he can play the three technique, and that's a big guy for a three technique. He can play the nose tackle. That's perfect size for a power five nose tackle. Uh, And run defense, pro football focus had him at an 83.2, meaning he's in the right place, right time, doing the right thing at 83.2% of the time. Uh, And as an interior Run defense, run defending defensive lineman. He had 10 pressures and two sacks. Again, just 244 snaps. I think very, very highly of Jamari Caldwell. I think as an athlete and football player, and so I think that's gonna be where you see him thrive. And I was surprised that in an elevated role, right? We saw some defensive linemen graduate, and the guys that Houston pulled in are more pass rusher types. Um, so in a more elevated role. I was surprised to see no love for Jamari Caldwell on this list. Um, and speaking of no love, when are we going to get some love for Chidozi? Dot Nwankwo, uh, Dot is a apparently one of the nicest per- people 
on the entire roster. So like all praise and flowers to him. Um, but also, and I, I don't want to say more importantly, but more importantly for this discussion, um, he anchors the defense in so many ways. I understand like you can look at the defense, like well, they give up 77 SMU. They're not any good or whatever, but that was not the norm. Always the defense line was very, very strong. And he played 637 snaps, more than half of them in a gaps. He is constantly eating and eating and eating double teams up to free up those guys like Derek Parrish, to free up those guys like uh, Nelson Caesar, right? To free up those guys. And the way he fights through double teams, he got a 76.7 in run defense. Again, his scores and as far as right place, right time, whatever on pro football focus are all indicative and all comparable to other guys that got on this list. And he's playing in a spot where he's constantly double teamed. So, I just feel like that's a spot that's underappreciated. And frankly, we saw this at the end of last season, the American Athletic Conference Awards. Dot continues to be underappreciated at 5'11", 295. He is probably not a pro nose tackle, although it would be cool to see him get a shot at 5'11", 295. Um, But he plays at 5'11", with such great leverage and such great intensity that truthfully, I feel like he's constantly getting snubbed. Now, if you have other snubs or if you think I'm off on mine, Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Painsworth512, P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your favorite social media handles. I'll be happy to talk all things Cougar football. The baseball tournament's going on as well. Um, I'll be happy to talk Cougar basketball as we're moving in the offseason, more in the thorough part of the offseason each and every day. We'll also be here with you live, or I guess not live, but premiered. <laughs> I have one take, it, so I guess it feels live. Yeah, that fair? Feels like. All right. Um, I'll be here with you each and every day at Locked on Cougs as well as so make sure you subscribe and follow the show. Thank you all so much for tuning in today and making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. For a second listen, I'm going to recommend going on and listening to Locked on College Basketball because we're going to talk about basketball later this week and they're doing a great job dissecting the offseason. So that's going to be a fun thing looking at guys going pro and where they're drafted and how they're drafted, all the transfers and all those kinds of things. So make sure you go check them out as well. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Locked on Kooks is a proud member of the Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Kooks.